0: The latest on your Raiders and the NFL. Your host Scott Goldbranson and Mo Mote. Welcome back, Silver and Black. Today, the Tuesday edition. Mo Mote and Scott Goldbranson, back with you. We hope you're having a good week thus far. Of course, another victory week for the Raiders. Yes, they moved to three and three after the 21-17 win over the New England Patriots. Of course, the the student overtakes the master, if you will and uh we're here to talk about the game of course we did do the post game show but now we get to dive a little bit deeper with my man mo of course uh make sure you follow us up on x.com mo is the senior nfl writer over at bleacher report also the raiders columnist at sportsnot.com follow him at m-o-e-m-o-t-o-n i am at lv gully uh, as well as the show being S N B today so follow all three of those up, up there also subscribe to the podcast wherever you may get it wherever you get your audio Just look for silver and black today. Mo, first time we've had a chance to talk since uh, the game on Sunday, and it's eerily familiar to last week when the Raiders won. Of course, now, again, as I said, won uh, two straight. Fans are kind of up and down about it. Of course, they're happy their team won, but at the same time, not happy that they made seven trips uh, or six trips to the red zone out of seven possessions, could not score a touchdown except for once. So that issue that's been around uh, these parts, as far as Raider Nation is concerned, for several years, now under a second coach, it continues. But overall, some real big positives to take out of this one. Number one being the play of the defense. Again, wins the game for them. Max Crosby with the sack at the end to get them over the 20-point hump. Everybody, a little golf clap uh, for the Raiders on that one. Uh, But uh, give me your impressions uh, from the game on Sunday and what do, you thought, what do you thought about that defense? I thought they played uh, pretty well most of the game. Not the entire game, but most of the game.
1: They played well enough to win the football game. And that, to me, that's what matters. As you mentioned, Max Crosby also allowed Nichols nickels, closing out the game with a safety. So that's consecutive weeks where the defense closes it out. When's the last time a Raider fan could say their defense closed out consecutive football games to win? Uh, I would say it's been a very long time, me covering the team and following the team. But, of course, you know, the elephant in the room is the offense. You mentioned it, 106 in the red zone. That's not going to get it done against good football teams. The Patriots are headed toward dumpster fire territory right now. So it's good enough to beat the Patriots. But as I mentioned in my power rankings that dropped on um, Tuesday, dropped today, actually, you know, the Raiders are going to have to play the Miami Dolphins soon. They're going to, you know, that's not going to cut it against the Miami Dolphins who are putting up points. They're going to have to pay the Detroit Lions on Monday Night Football in a couple of weeks. It's not going to cut it against the Detroit Lions who are putting up points. So while it's fine now and you don't apologize for ever, I think Josh Joshua said that in his postgame speech, it has to be a lot better. But I, I would just say, you know, you take it one week at a time. I know it hasn't. The offense hasn't looked like it's headed toward any type of improvement, but who knows? Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo is questionable. Maybe the offense gets a spark out of Aiden O'Connell, assuming he does start because I think he should start over Brian Hoyer. Uh, we'll see.
0: Yeah. Uh, and and we'll get into the offense, particularly here in the second segment. Um, but I do want to jump around a little bit and just, and get some thoughts and, and let's discuss some of the things from the game here. Uh, number one was on offense. We one thing that was done well uh, for most of the game was the fact that we saw some tight ends actually used, right? Even when Garoppolo was in the game, we saw Michael Mayer come out. They specifically targeted him. Uh, and I think that it was interesting because we've been saying this for weeks, right? Where is the tight end? Why aren't you using Michael Mayer? This is a guy you drafted in the second round. Also, you have Austin Hooper, okay, veteran, Wiley, veteran out there as well. And I think we saw those guys out there in specific sets run routes where they were even open at times and Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't finding them clearly in that first drive where they used Mayer, that's that scripted drive and you could see the influence there and they were actually targeting him then later in the game also they used both both those guys as well were you encouraged I mean look there's a lot to be discouraged about on offense but on the positive side of things uh, I was glad to see that
1: finally <laughs> I mean, you drafted him in the second round. It's about time. I, like I said, for some, for whatever reason, Josh McDaniels is very slow with getting some of his offensive players going. I remember talking last year how it took him a month to get Josh Jacobs going. Mm-hmm. We're still waiting for Josh Jacobs to get back going, by the way. But it took it's now taking him about a month and, and a half to get Michael Murray involved. Now, it was great to see him involved. Now, let's hope this continues. Let's hope this is something to build on and not just a spark, and not just a one-off thing, because I think he mentioned, Josh McDaniels mentioned in the press conference, that when you have a guy like Devontae Adams who's being doubled, that means somebody else is going to have to win their one-on-one opportunities, and early in the game, it was Michael Mayer, and throughout the game, it was Jacoby Myers, as, as it has been when Jacoby Myers has been on the field, so I think Michael Mayer is just another wrinkle that the Raiders have to continue to work in, and of course, you saw the, the long pass to Trey Tucker once Brian Hoyer got in the game. By the way, that 48 pass to Trey Tucker was the Raiders' longest pass play, longest play period of the season. So it's kind of interesting that Jimmy Garoppolo started all these games and Brian Hoyer comes in for Jimmy Garoppolo and has the biggest play of the Raiders' season. That tells you a lot about the Raiders' uh, non-explosive offense this year.
0: Yeah, and and again, we'll get into the offense in depth next segment uh, because there's so much to talk about there. But back to the defense, of course, we knew Max Crosby is going to do what Max Crosby does. Uh, and they actually contained him pretty early, I thought, in the game. We saw a really good push up front, Mo. We saw early in the game against the Patriots. And listen, I know who the competitor was. I know they were playing. Uh, I think no one would deny one of the worst, definitely bottom three or four teams in the NFL against the Patriots. They're devoid of talent, and they're really not that great. But that defensive front, we saw some push early on to pressure Mac Jones and I, it, it was so foreign to me <clears throat> watching Raider football to see a push up front.
1: Yeah, I think John Jenkins also had a sack Sunday. So, it, they, I mean, there is some progress there. Yeah. Um, obviously, I think the Raiders still need help in the pass rush. I still think they're going to acquire a veteran pass rusher, whether it be somebody on the interior or on the edge, to help out Max Crosby, opposite Max Crosby. But it was good to see if the Raiders finally get some pressure up front. But again, I, I just don't think it's enough to be some of the upper echelon teams. But I on a positive note, you're you are seeing strides from the defense. And that to me it's it's kind of disheartening because again, fans can fan however they want. They can react to wins and losses however they want however they want after games. But I think with all the fire Josh McDaniels chatter, people are missing out on a lot of good play on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. Tyler Hall also had a pretty good game. I like how the broadcast pointed out that I think it was Tony Romo saying that he's really impressed with Tyler Hall. I was one of the people that said Tyler Hall should have made the 50-man roster and didn't. While Knight Hobbs has been out, Tyler Hall has stepped up and been a pretty big factor. He's been a factor with that defense and the strides of that defense. So I think a lot of people are missing out on a lot of defensive play, Trayvon Merrick coming up with another interception on Sunday. He's been consistently on rise since since a rough start to the season. So while while I understand the frustration with the offense, I think people need to give a lot of credit to this defense and the way it's playing right now, regardless of the opponent caliber.
0: Yeah, and I thought I thought we saw Meek Robertson do well. He had the one long uh, interference call, which you, okay. you know you could argue with. Maybe it was a little a little ticky tack. Um, that that sometimes is let go, but still, was it a penalty? Sure, but then he comes back, gets a sack himself, part of a sack as well, and I think that 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 back end has played much better. I think the 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 one person who has not done as well, and we didn't expect him to be again an all pro, but Marcus Peters has been has been I think the one spot surprisingly as a weakness, right? But that's that's just how it goes. So. We'll see how it rolls. But I, I like the way, and I think you've hit on something there that's important. And even when it comes to the Raiders overall, I get it. This, this fan base wants the team to win so badly that when there is things that go wrong, because on every football team, I mean, if you watch the game on Sunday night, remember the Bills were almost basically crowned going to be with Kansas City in the AFC Championship game, maybe go to the Super Bowl. You know, and they almost had the same record as the Raiders. Now they won, they pulled it out, but again, you just never know what's going to happen. It's a tough league to win games in. I'll agree with Josh McDaniels on that from his presser, but I do think that not focusing on some of those positives, especially I think too Mo Patrick Graham. Look at the scheming that he's done, what he's done against some of these opponents. To your point, not great teams, I get that, but it's refreshing to see that he's learning and he's adjusting to his talent. And he's also mixing up uh, what he's doing as to not let the other team catch on quickly and adjust as fast.
1: How how many times have we heard this season to say the Raiders are going to be the get right game for whatever offense they play? So which is it? You can't have it both ways. You can't say on one hand, the Raiders are the get right game for any offense and then say, well, they played a bad team. So that's why the defense looks good. You can't have, you You yeah. see what I'm saying? You can't right. have, you can't say both things and, and be like, well, I'm on this side, I'm on that side. It's either the Raiders are a get right game or they're not. And right now that defense, the way the defense is playing, they're not a get right game for any offense.
0: Right. Because if, if they would have lost to the Patriots and the defense play, played poorly, what we'd be hearing is, oh my, how bad is this defense that they play this terrible team? <laughs> so yeah, that's the thing. That's the can't win either way type of situation. And it's, it's not, and to your point, people can uh, look, I, there's fans who like that negative kind of, Hey, they better be perfect or I'm going to be upset. And that's, that's, your right. That's totally fine. I'm not telling you not to do it, but I do think most fans look at the mixed bag. That is the Raiders. And I want to make this point. And that is, are we really that surprised right now? We're surprised by the offense and it's inefficiency because we were sold on the veteran quarterback coming in and being able to be more efficient, in the red zone and all that jazz. But you and I both picked them around 7-8 wins, okay? We knew Six. we knew and didn't think they'd be a playoff team. So are they play Now they're at 3 wins. Can they win 4 more in 11 weeks? I think they're that good that they can win 4 more in 11 weeks, right? So so I'm not that surprised. I think fans who are who are very optimistic and that's great too. Like if you walk around your life being optimistic, you'll be much better off. You might be disappointed at times, but that's okay, too. Uh, But I think that for most realistic people, nobody had this team making the playoffs. So where they're at right now, there are some, some really big concerns. But overall, through six games, Mo, I don't think you or I had them over three wins, did we?
1: I think I had them at, let's see, I'm looking at my, just thinking back. I had them beating the Broncos. I had them beating the Steelers. And I had them beating the Packers. So I actually had them three and three at this point. But I right. had I didn't have it exact. I, I had them losing to the Patriots and beating the Steelers. I think that was the only thing that I mixed up in my offseason predictions. But I, I did have them at three and three at this point. Yeah, What I did have is them falling apart in the second half of the season. Because as I said, in the second half of the season, it gets a lot tougher. You're going to play the yeah. Dolphins. You're going to play the Chiefs twice. You're going to play the Lions soon. So I think that's when it, it's going to probably fall apart if the offense doesn't get it together but you got the Giants coming up I expect the Giants to pull back I expect the Aaron Rodgers to be there for the Jets he won't be there that's a winnable game next week if we're just looking short term the Bears may not have Justin Fields who dislocated his thumb on Sunday so you might get Tyson Badgett they're undrafted rookie backup quarterback. So we may be looking, what did I say last week, Scott? I said, we may look up in the Raiders would be four and three after that Bears game. And I think it could very well happen, especially if Tyson Badgett is playing. So I will say, while let's address the elephant in the room. A lot of fans are going to look at this and say, these are empty wins because at the end of the day, they're just going to finish six and 11, seven and 10. And I will say that if you want to build something foundational, if you want to build a winning culture, it starts to winning football games so whether you feel like they're empty wins or not whether you feel like it's playing you out of a quarterback in the draft or not let's just remember i i remember i shared a text with you and evan grow our buddy over there uh over at sports not along with you and i said more than half the quarterbacks in the league were not top 10 pick more than starting more than half of the starting quarterbacks in this league we're not top 10 picks. So just because the Raiders don't have a top 10 pick doesn't mean they can't get their franchise guy. The biggest problem is the Raiders have the coaching staff to develop a quarterback mm. prospect into a starter that's not a generational prospect.
0: Yes. And we're going to talk about coaching uh, later in the show. We're going to take our first break here. When we come back, we're going to get into the offense or lack thereof as Jimmy G heals. And again, we wish him the best from a human perspective, but from a play perspective, not so great. And we'll talk about that too. You're listening to Silver and Black Today, an Odyssey original podcast. Mo and Scott coming right back at you after these words.